Hi, everyone, and welcome to Where Faith Grows. I'm your host, Laura Lambert. Every episode, I sit down with a friend, some old and some new, and we explore areas of our lives where we can let faith thrive and flourish. I'm so happy you're joining me here today. Let's find out together where faith can grow. Welcome back to Where Faith Grows. This week, I'm chatting with the creator and founder of Chasing Sacred, Michaela Van Dyke. Chasing Sacred started as Michaela's outlet to write and share what God was teaching her through her time in the Word. Michaela had recently transitioned into married life, moved from New York City where she was pursuing a dance career, and left her upbringing in Thailand as a third culture kid. The myriad of transitions left her with only one choice to chase God first and foremost over all else. From the author of the blog and Instagram account, Chasing Sacred, comes a woman's one-stop shop for sound theology and Christian community. What started as a devotional blog quickly evolved into teaching women how to study the Bible. Chasing Sacred is a ministry that offers truth-based resources for those that want to take their faith seriously through sound theology and inductive Bible study. The Chasing Sacred team has now grown in order to provide resources to women from and through every walk of life. I am really excited to share this episode with you. Michaela has such a beautiful story of being transplanted over and over again, only to find that her true identity never shifted from its core in Christ. She sheds so much wisdom on the Word of God in this episode. You're going to feel like you're getting a really good sermon out of this one, and it's just amazing. I learned a ton about some of the verses that she brings up here, and I just can't wait for you to hear it. So without further ado, here's my chat with Michaela Van Dyke. Hello, Michaela, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so fun to be here. Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Get listeners to know kind of who you are as a person. Awesome. So my name is Michaela Van Dyke. I am a mom of four kids, three boys, and a little girl, ranging from two months old to six years old. I grew up as a missionary kid. I know, crazy household over here. Yeah, no, I'm like, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's as crazy as it sounds, especially with three boys and then a girl. It's just madness all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up in Thailand as a missionary kid. I grew up also on the border of Myanmar. And so that's actually used to be called Burma in Thailand for yeah. a while. My parents are Bible translators. I wow. actually grew up dancing and thought I would go into a dance career. That was what I was going towards. I went to a conservatory program, and then I went to college for dance, and I went to New York City for dance, and then God super changed my life <laughs> in a lot of ways. He said, never mind. <laughs> exactly. And so I did not end up dancing, but instead I ended up um, making a ministry, which is called Chasing Sacred, and I run that ministry now every hour of the day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> in the wee <laughs> hours of my day at 4 a.m. and at night when my boys are sleeping and in the cracks of my day. And basically the whole concept of the ministry is to teach women how to study the Bible. I kind of mm. saw this gap in between women's ministry where a lot of women were reading a lot of things that I felt like were a little bit fluffier, especially daily devotionals. Yeah. And yes. I didn't have much time as a mom. And so I was like, I just want like a great resource that's quick, 
easy for me, but actually in depth instead of just fluffy. Mm. And so that is why I started Chasing Sacred. I felt like there was this kind of like new thing where women were really gaining an understanding of God's word, but they didn't have the actual resources to do it. And so I tried to enter that gap and we're here today with Chasing Sacred, a ministry that I'm running. (laughs) What? First of all, what an adventure. (laughs) (laughs) It's been crazy. This is a random thing to ask about, but I'm just dying to know as also a fellow mom, when you had three boys and then you found out you were pregnant again, were you just dying for it to be a girl or were you like, I'm going to end up with four boys? (laughs) Oh, my word. I am more desperate than anyone you've ever met for a girl. A lot of people are like, a lot of people are like, yeah, when I had like the fourth, it did not matter. They had three boys and they're like, it didn't matter if it was a boy or girl, a baby is a baby. And I'm like, I get that. But I'm like, be honest. I'm like, I want a girl so bad. (laughs) I got my blood work done so early. I was like, please be a girl. I was like sobbing and (laughs) I'm a little bit dramatic, but I was just like, give me a girl. And so when it was a girl, I literally was like, Lord. And I was just crying. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I was so excited. I have one boy who is a toddler. And then when I found out I was pregnant, I was the same way. I was like, please, 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 please. I do not want two boys. I want another, I want a girl. I want a girl. I don't want two boys. Thank goodness. (laughs) It's a girl. But I was like, I was the same way. When we like cut that little cake and it was pink, I was just like jumping up and down. Awesome feeling. The best feeling. (laughs) I mean, just the clothes alone are so much more fun to shop for. Oh my gosh. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, this is so fun. I've been missing out on these boy clothes. I know. (laughs) I'm drowning in jeans and t-shirts. I just want something bubbly and cute. Exactly, bows. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so so you run Chasing Sacred in your, like, somehow 30-hour day, and (laughs) you've got all this stuff going on, but, like, let's say, hypothetically, you had free time. What would you do? What are you passionate about? Like, just hobbies, like, outside of this. Right. So I actually love to hike if I ever get the chance. My husband and I are big hikers. We live in New Hampshire and exercise. I love to exercise. So I have a class that goes on in my basement. I used to be a fitness instructor. And then dancing, of course, is, yeah, my main joy. So that obviously has followed me throughout. And then I just love playing with my kids. If I have like a down afternoon, like I just love to just get on the floor and play and have nowhere to be. So that's another thing that I just love is not having anywhere to be and just, okay, let's put on, you know, let's make a fire in New Hampshire and just play and have fun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dying to know, do you do the Enneagram? Like, are you into the Enneagram stuff? Yes, I am a four. <laughs> That's what I, that was going to be my guess for you. Because aren't I don't know like a whole ton about Enneagrams, but I feel like you are a very goal-driven, like, I do all yeah, the things. Yeah, so four with a strong three wing. So threes are the ones that are super goal-oriented. I am extremely okay, goal-oriented. So I have fours a huge are the wing. feelers, aren't they? Fours are the feelers. So That's right. all my goal orientation <laughs> is being drawn from all my feelings and emotions. Yes, <laughs> Oh, that's right. I get fours and threes mixed up, but my mom is a four and she is the same way. Just all the feels, all the things. (laughs) What are you? I'm a seven. Okay. I'm a seven. So I'm like all the fun, all the adventure on to the next thing. That is. Oh, that's awesome. A lot of my friends are sevens. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I am drawn to fours and threes probably because I'm a seven. So anyways. Yes. Okay. So that's a little bit about you. Today. 
we're talking about our theme, or I guess what this episode is going to be called is being firmly planted in Christ. And you have already kind of touched on a lot of the things we're going to talk about from growing up abroad, being a missionary kid, wanting to do dance, being transplanted elsewhere. We're going to talk about all that. So just take us on that journey for a second. Tell us about being a transplant. What was that experience like? How did it feel? All the feels for. <laughs> yes. So I moved a lot. And when I say a lot, I when I was in college, I actually made a slideshow of, I think it was 18 houses I had lived in by the time I was 20. So these weren't just, yeah. Wow. And sometimes they were in the same city, but it was just constant uprooting. So right. when I um, went back and thought about all these experiences, I realized, like, this is not typically how people grow up. And especially doing cross-cultural moves multiple times, what happens mm. is that you realize that, honestly, change is just constantly evolving. Your life is evolving through change. But also you realize that you're so different from the people that you're moving into the new community with. So one right. of the things I didn't realize, right, was that when I moved cross-culturally to America, I would move different place, places in the United States. And what, what happened was I was like, oh, Southerners are different than Northerners who are different than <laughs> Midwesterners who are different than Thais, which is where I grew up in Thailand. And so right. I was constantly feeling like I was behind. I didn't really know the culture. I was trying to figure things out. I always felt lonely. I felt like the outsider. I felt like I had no idea what was going on culturally. I didn't understand the pulp cultural references. I didn't understand <laughs> so many things, you know? And so I constantly felt lonely. And I also just really struggled with feeling like um, I don't belong. I will never belong here. I don't have any friends. I feel, you know, there was just so many like things going on in my head between all right. of these transplants. But what happened is I sunk my identity into a lot of different things. I kept sinking my identity because I needed some sort of, you know, when you're just always being uprooted, you need some sort of security. So I drew my security from every different place. I drew my security from being a dancer. And then when God took that away, it was like, well, Lord, now where do I get my security? And so I just kept bouncing around where I would pull my you know, identity from, my roots and where I dug my roots into. And that became kind of my life story of planting myself somewhere and then God uprooting that and planting myself somewhere and God uprooting that. <laughs> and by the end of it, I was like, there is nothing left. Like I told, you know, I had, <laughs> I really related to, I don't know, Joseph and the Technicolor coat. Yeah. But if you've ever read that story and you actually just follow the coat which is the stripping of the coat, it constantly happens over and over mm. where his coat gets taken away. And when I read that story, I was like, oh, Lord, wow. this is me. The colorful coat. I have this <laughs> colorful coat. I keep putting it on. I'm like, look at me. I'm McKella. I'm fun. I'm this. I'm that. I take my identity from here. And you keep taking away my coat. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I need it. I need my coat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. The, and you know who else? Have you ever watched The Chosen, the YouTube show? Oh, I've started. I didn't finish it, though. I still have one episode left, but it also reminds me of the way that they portray Matthew because obviously he was such an outsider being yeah. the tax collector. But I feel like they portray his like lived experience so well because I just don't feel like I ever quite realized like, wow, he had nobody. Like he felt like he had mm. no one. That kind of like reminds me of what you're saying a little bit too. Oh, I such love a beautiful that. story of like being chosen. Yeah. Um, oh, I love, love that. that. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so you transplanted over and over and over again. Had all the feelings that went with that. You were going to be a dancer. And then what next? 
Yeah. So basically what happened was I sunk all my identity into dance. And what happened was when I got to college, I one, one, the first thing happened was I got a foot injury. And so I mm. had to reevaluate for a season. And that was really, really hard. I just remember having a lot of emotions and what happens when, you know, you get uprooted or you sink your identity in something and God takes it away is typically you're searching for something else. And so what right. happened then was I just sunk my teeth into the word of God. And so over and over again, I just kept going to the word of God and it started to be my source of sustenance. Well, that continued until I moved to New York City and I was dancing there. During this time, I met my husband, we got married, and I kept dancing in New York City. But what ended up happening was actually that I got pregnant with my oldest before I was ready. We were married at the time. Oh, and, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, and I realized you can't really dance with a big belly professionally. <laughs> and I had to move back home to New Hampshire, which is where we reside now. And there was absolutely no dance. I was in literally a wilderness place with no uh, capability of getting anywhere as us, you know, with tiny kids. And so what I would do is I would drive yeah. to Boston and I would try to still pursue my professional career of dance, contemporary dance. But what ended up happening was the Lord just kind of slowly took that as well. And I say he took it, but basically the circumstances just didn't allow for it. And so what I did was I was just, I was so alone. I was so frustrated. Culturally, I had never been in a small town before. And so we were living in the Mm -hmm. kind of rural New Hampshire. It was small town America. I had grown up in a huge city in Thailand and I was not relating to anyone. I was extremely lonely. I had this new baby. I was, you know, struggling with postpartum. And I was just like, Lord, I just feel so alone. And so I started just reading my Bible again, just constantly I spent hours and hours and hours in the Word, just sinking my teeth into the Word. And that was the only thing that gave me a sense of peace was just going to God Mm -hmm. with all these struggles and these identity crises and feeling so unworthy because I had gotten my worth out of what I did. So then it was just like this replanting, as we talked about transplant experience, where you're taking yourself out of what you've used to identify yourself with and then replanting your kind of roots into what God actually calls us to plant our identity in, which is him and the word of God. Um, And there was actually a Psalm, um, Psalm one that super, super spoke to me during the season. And what I realized reading Psalm one, which I can read it if you'd like, Laura. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Read Um, it, read it for sure. Okay, so I'll read it to you guys because this really spoke to me. But it says, Psalm 1, Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So I read this psalm and I was like, okay, that person's like a tree planted by streams of water. So basically the idea is if you're meditating on God's law day and night, then you become like this tree and you're getting your roots are deep into the water, getting your sustenance. But what I when I started digging into the verse, I realized, no, it actually says replanted, transplanted mm. in a lot of different um, you know, translations. And I looked at that and that was actually a better kind of translation for it. And so it would be that person is like a tree replanted or transplanted. And the idea just like sat so crazy with me as somebody who constantly was being transplanted. I realized 
you know what? I haven't moved to New Hampshire. I haven't been transplanted in New Hampshire. I have been transplanted in God. I have been replanted in Him and His Word. And so what I realized was instead of just drawing my identity from my circumstances where I lived, dancing, you know, all these different things that always were my identity factors, God had replanted me in Him And then I could bear fruit because instead of gathering all my identity, you know, in those roots and sinking it somewhere else, he was showing me that if I sunk it in meditating in his word, well, then I was really actually being sustained by him. And no longer was I being planted in all these other things that were going to cause me to wither and die, you know? Yes. So it's that kind of concept. (laughs) I love that. And also I have the most random example from what you're saying. I I remember you saying you were going to talk about this psalm, but I never made this connection until just now. So my mom has had a fiddle leaf fig at her house and yeah. it was like struggling. Yeah. <laughs> like this, I don't, I guess she didn't have enough light uh, inside like the place where she was keeping it. So it is little, it was maybe like a foot tall. And I was like, well, let me just take it up to my house and we'll see if it does better mm. at my house. Well, I brought it up and I just like stuck it by a window and I looked at it today and it is like, you would think, you think the story is going, oh, it's looking great. No, it is dying. <laughs> like yes. it is falling apart. And, but what you're saying is just like so applicable because I'm like, I didn't change anything about the planting of this tree. I just moved it. Yeah. And uh, because I just moved it, it, it really needs it needs a replanting in something firmer to like get a grip. And mm. right now I've just moved its location and that's not enough. <laughs> so well, actually, it's dying. It's- It's honestly so crazy you said that because one of the things that really spoke to me about uh, transplanting a tree or replanting a tree is that it struggles. It's not an easy process. Oh, yeah. And usually it actually gets worse before it gets better. So when you're thinking about— Maybe it still has hope. (laughs) I think so because honestly, when you think about replanting a tree, a lot of times it will say like, it will do so poorly at first. And I think that's like us, like— replanting Mm. your identity in God's word. It's not like it's easy and it's not like all of a sudden, oh, I just spring forth fruit, you know? But instead it's like this very difficult process because a lot of times you're uprooting sin or uprooting things that maybe you so long identified with. Like if you get your identity from your job and then all of a sudden you get laid off, oh, that is painful. And so I think that idea of the fiddle leaf tree is beautiful because it's not always easy. And it's not like all of a sudden it just is beautiful. And it's just like, yay, I'm so happy. No, usually God is uprooting all these things that he needs to uproot. And then the end process is gorgeous when it starts to bear that fruit. But that, you know, that transition point is so extremely painful. Yeah. I love that you had that example. I love that it's—I think it's so important to say, too, because people, even when we're doing the right thing, like even when we are trying to be firmly rooted in Christ and, like, pouring into the Word and doing the things that we know we should do, we want it to come easy. And if it doesn't come easy or if it doesn't just, like, feel perfect right away, we think, like, oh, this isn't it or, oh, I must be doing something wrong, and then we blame ourselves. So I think it's so so important to be said because it— I think it's not always easy for it to be right, and it's Mm. okay for it to be a struggle and a process and that uprooting of things in our life, whether it's sin or whether it's choices or whether it's just our own ego, because sometimes it's just hard to let go of, like, who you wanted to be or what you wanted to look like and or what you wanted your life to look like. And those things, it's okay for those things to be hard. It doesn't make it wrong, and it doesn't make you—it doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. (laughs) 
Yeah. I love that you said that. Cause I think for me, I'm like, when I have talked to different people now, you know, in this season where I feel like I finally am getting that identity from God more so than other things, even though I still struggle with it, obviously. Um, I'm just like, hey, right. it's going to be super painful. It's not going to be easy, you know, like because, you know, you got your identity in and I'll, I'll kind of like whatever it is for them because your identity was in health and now health has been taken away or your identity was in your job and now that's been taken away or your identity was in your circumstances. Now that's been taken away. It's not going to be easy. And God's going to be peeling layers back, you know, and a lot right. of times it will be layer after layer until you're sinking those roots deeper and deeper into what he calls us to seek them into, which is the word of God and that truth. We're really mm-hmm. replacing that truth truth with, you know, the lies that we believed with the truth. So I love that you said yeah, that. Yeah. That is super well said. And <laughs> now tell us about Chasing Sacred. So this led you to that. So yeah. tell us about so that So Chasing bit. Sacred was an extension of that. The reason Chasing Sacred was born was actually amidst those difficult circumstances because I could no longer dance, right? I was stuck in what I felt like was the wilderness because this is a very small town in kind of wilderness, New Hampshire. And so there was not any jobs around. There was nothing I could sink my teeth into. And as we talked about Mm. earlier with the Enneagram, I'm a super, super um, go-getter. And so I was like, you know, I said to my husband, what can I do? What can I, where can I work? What can I do? Where can I like sink my teeth into? And he's like, there's a Walmart. I'm like, babe, I'm like, I don't want to work at Walmart. Like, I'm talking about something that I'm passionate about, you know, like, and I'm all talking about all these passions and stuff. And he's like, well, there's nothing really around here. And I was like, okay, well, what, you know, what has Michaela been doing? And I had been just reading the word of God and I was so passionate about it. I love, love, loved it. So then I was like, wait, why have I never noticed how much I love the word of God and how often I am in scripture? And all of a sudden it was like the Lord just peeled back my blinders. And I was like, remember, this has been a passion since I was a kid. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, This is like, I'm so passionate about this. I'm so passionate about teaching others. Teaching has always been a gifting. I teach dance and I've taught fitness classes and I've taught all these things. And so I was like, oh, wait, these are like things were right under my nose, but I was like too stubborn to see them. And so what I did was chasing sacred was born out of pain. And I just kind of like was going through this postpartum season and I just started writing about it. And I was like, okay, like this is what God's teaching me through becoming a mom and, you know, all these things. And I started writing and I just would email it to my friends, not my friends, my family first, you know, and email it to them. And they would write back like, (laughs) oh, that's nice, Michaela. And I was like, okay. So finally, (laughs) you know, it's just these small beginnings. (laughs) great. I don't even know if they read them. I don't know. They're probably just pulling my leg. So then I started posting on, you know, social media and I would post on social media. And then people were like, you should start a blog. I'm learning so much. And I was like, really? Um, so I did that. I started a blog and then I started posting on Instagram and it just grew from there. And I realized like, no, these women really want, you know, all these things. And so I started to be like, you know what? I really actually need more knowledge myself. So I started going to Bible college and it was through going to Bible college that I was like, oh my word, I want to equip these women. Like learning how to study the Bible is not rocket science. Everyone can do it. And it's just, people need to be actually talking about it. So I started to teach the inductive Bible study method. I started making a journal that teaches it. I made an e-course that teaches it. And from there, it just grew and grew and grew. And I've had so many opportunities to teach Bible study, teach Bible study 101, teach in-depth Bible study, and basically centered my app. We have a Chasing Sacred app. It's all around, you know, in-depth study of the Bible. We do daily devotionals, but they are super, super deep instead of, you know, just surface level. We talk about the context 
And so if you're on my email list, we email out like books of the Bible every month, um, background documents talking about who wrote the book, who it was written to, and we send out reading guides. So there's just like all these ways that Chasing Sacred is now equipping women um, to basically get them excited about Bible study, but then teach them a more accurate way to study the Bible, give them some information and all these things. So we do that constantly. And it's just been, honestly, it's such a joy. I absolutely love what I'm doing now. (laughs) I love that you said it was like basically born out of pain because uh, I, that's just like sticking with me because it's like, what a beautiful, I've been kind of like harping on the concept of beauty for ashes, like just mm. that whole thing. And it's yeah. just like, just even the idea, we don't think like, we don't think it's real until it happens. But I think a mm. lot of people would look at where you are now and be like, oh, she just came up with this great idea and like, so cool. And it's like, yeah. no, there was a lot of pain that was like, that that was born out of and that's just, that makes your story all the more beautiful. I just love that so much. Oh, thanks, Laura. It definitely <laughs> was born out of pain. It's so interesting. And uh, it was born out of a replanting. You know, I had yeah, to yeah. take all this roots out of that and put it in the Word of God. And then all of a sudden, the Lord just kind of led me towards this direction. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> If you've been following me on social media, you know I'm starting to share tips and tutorials on an online graphic design program called Canva. I discovered this program a few years ago, and since then I've used it professionally and personally to create visually stunning graphics with a level of efficiency I didn't even know was possible. Lately, I've been seeing and speaking with content creators of all types, and I've discovered that many of you share the same view about your visual presence online that I do. You want your online presence to be aesthetically pleasing, but your core mission is to share the love of Christ. And so that's what you want to spend your time doing. And I totally understand that. That's why I'm recommending Canva to you. And I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't love it and use it myself all the time. Because with Canva, you can create beautiful social media posts, shareable images and graphics for your online platforms. You can curate a web page with images and graphics that look like they were created by a professional graphic designer. And you can do all of this without it taking up all your time or busting your budget. I've seen the results and I know Canva works. I know that Canva's millions of built-in stock images and elements, free icons and shapes, photo filters, and hundreds of fonts are just what you need to level up your online presence from social media to your website and beyond. You can even use it to create quality printed content that is directly aligned with your brand. So head to my show notes and use the link to try Canva Pro free today for 30 days. I just know that you will be as hooked as I was and you'll be a Canva user for life. Which that is the perfect segue to what I want to ask next, because I think it's something we all struggle with. It's definitely something I struggle with, especially because of an Enneagram 7. So like being planted anywhere is a struggle (laughs) for me. Oh, I get that. Yes. (laughs) But why do you think so many Christians struggle with being firmly planted? I love that question. Um, The reason I think that so many Christians struggle with that idea of being firmly planted is actually based off of another. So that that word that we saw in the Psalm, Psalm 1, 3, it's actually again in Jeremiah. So it's in Jeremiah 17, and it says, 
I'm just going to read a little snippet. Jeremiah yeah. 17, 5 to 8. This is what the Lord said. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose hearts turn away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt mm. land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree, and this word again, it's planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream, and it does not fear when heat comes. So it's the same word, and in a lot of translations, it says replanted. So the idea in Jeremiah is so many of us, we talked about circumstances, we talked about jobs, we talked about these things, but Jeremiah says that a lot of us trust in man instead of the Lord. And I find myself doing that constantly is trusting in, whether it's like trusting in man, trusting in your marriage to fulfill you, trusting in man, trusting even on Instagram for people to give me accolades instead of God about what I'm doing, trusting in man, but blessed is the one who replants himself you know, in God by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. So I think it's hard for Christians because I actually just did a women's conference this weekend where I preached about this, but the idea is that a lot of us believe God, right? But do we actually trust him? Do we trust him enough to give mm-hmm. a, trust him enough to give us his entire life, right? A lot of us are like, here's parts of it, Lord, okay? Yeah, maybe you're changing my sort, you know, changing me to be rooted in you and I'm not doing getting my identity at my job anymore, all these things. But am I trusting you enough to also take my identity from man? And say mm-hmm. that I'm not going to pour my roots into these other people. These these people are not going to define me. Instead, I'm going right. to be defined by God. And so it's another replanting. And I think there's a lot of replantings in our lives. We constantly yeah. get replanted out of what we're sinking our roots into. And God is like, oh, this is going to feel painful, Michaela. But truly, you know, your, your relationship should be with me. And so I actually, you know, this weekend talked about Hebrews 4 and how it talks about entering his rest and how the Israelites refused to because they did not trust God in the wilderness. Well, a lot of us are the same way. We don't actually, with our lives, trust our Father that he has the best Mm. in mind. And so much comes down to that unbelief. Do we actually believe God to the point where we can then sink our roots fully in him and get our identity yeah. fully from him, not man. And so I think it's a, honestly, it's a struggle for me. It's a struggle for all Christians, I think, to be replanted completely in him. Yeah, I think it's just part of the common struggle of being a Christian. And it for for me, I find most things in my life come back to control. And I think that's how it oh, is so for true. pretty much everybody. <laughs> yeah. But like at the it's just like what you're saying about trust. But it's like at the end of the day, if you truly trust God with your life, you have to let go of the control. And we so put our true. faith and we put our plantings and so many other things around us because on some level, we either can control it or feel like we can control it. And we just, that's just how we are as people. I think that is our constant struggle. We want to control things because it feels safer. And, um, heading out in the deep waters with God feels unsafe. And so it's just such a hard, hard practice really to do. So I could not agree with that more. (laughs) So true. So true. I love that. It's so hard. (laughs) I know. It's easier said than done, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Which is where we're headed now, because the last like huge thing I want to ask you is what what are some practical steps that people can take to be firmly rooted wherever they're being called? Whether it's, you know, because change will happen in life, you know, just like you're saying, mm-hmm. change is just a, a matter. It's 
it's a certainty. And so what are some practical things people can do to feel more firmly rooted and to have that steady foundation? Yeah. I think the first thing to do is like what you said, give up control, surrender. And we have Mm. to actively do this. Like in Hebrews that I did the sermon on, it talks about the word today. And it repeats the word over and over and over again. And the reason it says today over and over again is it's a daily choice to surrender. It's waking up and saying, okay, Lord, today I'm going to surrender my life just in terms of like my decision making. I'm going to surrender to you in terms of, you know, how you're leading me and all these things. And I think what we have to do is then read the word of God. We need to take the time and really read the word so that he can replace those lies we've been believing with truth and realize that our security needs to be in him. A lot of us use, you know, I use this example in the sermon and it's hilarious. But the idea is that <laughs> one time, this is like the funniest example, everyone was laughing, but I I said, you know, one time I came back from a babysitter, I had gone out to dinner with my husband. I come back and my I look and there's an inanimate object in my son's crib. And I'm like, what is that? So I look and I'm like, oh my gosh, he is literally hugging a bagel. So I looked at this girl, this babysitter, and I'm like, hey, I said, what in the world is he doing with a bagel in his bed? He was nine months old. And she goes, he refused to give the bagel up. And I said, yeah, but I said, just because it's a sense of security, like rip that sense of security from him, that just because he loved that bagel. Anyways, the whole idea I talked about was like, so many of us are hugging a bagel. We're sleeping with a bagel. We're sleeping with what gives us security. And God's like, you're going to wake up and nibble that like get rid of that bagel. It is not, it's like this false sense of security, right? But so often God is like, no, you should sleep soundly knowing that I am your sense of security, not any of these things that you've sunk your teeth into as your, you know, your self-worth, right? And so I just, it's such a funny example, but I constantly think like, Michaela, get rid of the bagel. Let go of the bagel. Like don't hold on to it, you know? (laughs) Get rid of the bagel. That's a t-shirt. You need to make Chasing Sacred t-shirts that say, relinquish the bagel. Relinquish the bagel! (laughs) I love that so much. But I love what you're saying about, I mean, at the end of the day, I think tangibly, it's not hard. The steps to take are not hard. The feelings underneath are the hard part. So Um, true. So true. Yeah. I just love all of it. (laughs) Okay. Before we get on to something fun, I just want to know if you have final thoughts on this topic about being firmly planted. What, what, do you have any final words that you would just want women to know? Yeah. I think when you, you'll realize that when you do sink your teeth into the word of God, you're less likely to give up and get frustrated and you have a, you know, you have more of a Mm. sense of peace. And I think when you think about a storm coming with a tree that's roots are down deep and they are planted and firmly planted in the word of God, firmly planted in what God says about them. When a storm comes, it's not going to just get blown over and get uprooted. But when you plant yourself in shallow things, yeah, a storm's going to come and you're all of a sudden going to be just, "Ah!" you know, going crazy again. And your sense of peace is constantly going to be um, uprooted. So I think for me personally, what I've been working on, generally speaking, is this idea of, again, 
you know, not putting my roots in the flesh. And so when mm. somebody says something negative to me on Instagram, it's not going to send me in a tailspin, <laughs> which it typically right. does, right? Because I'm getting a lot of my identity from that person. So it's like, if they say something negative about me, then I'm, oh my gosh, wait, is that true? Oh my word. Ha, ha. And I'm all of a sudden like getting, you know, blown <laughs> really by like the wind all over the place, you know, because if I'm putting my roots in flesh and man, instead of what God says about me. So it's that idea. That is, I, I wish I had something else to say, but I don't. I just want to leave it at that. <laughs> I feel I like that's that. the perfect like conclusion. I have nothing better to add to that. <laughs> so in terms of ending the show, I end it the same way every single time. And I always give credit to the Happy Hour podcast with Jamie Ivey. I don't know if you've ever heard that podcast before, yeah. but she ends her show by asking people about three things that they just are loving right now. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to start doing that because... I just think it's fun and it's a great way to get like your personality and hear kind of like what you love right now. So tell me about three products or things you love right now. They don't have to be tangible. They don't have to be faith related at all, but they can be. Just yeah. things you love. So the first one I would say is they're called Bala Bangles. And they were actually on Shark Tank, Ooh. but my friend from, she owns a fitness studio called Common Language, but she actually introduced me to them. And they're like weights that go on your wrists. And so I can like dance and like work out and do everything with weights on my wrist instead of holding them. So they just kind of Velcro on your wrist. So I love those. I use those constantly. Um, So that would be the first. The second thing I would say is I love anything like indigo dye which is so funny because oh, I bought yes. during the pandemic like this whole indigo dye kit and I just went crazy. And the boys and I were just like, <laughs> and you're not supposed to like breathe in the fumes, but I was like, get away, let's do some indigo dye. And I was just like doing all this like crazy things. So I love dyeing, you know, with this blue dye. And then the third love thing that. I would say, yeah, that was super fun. You know, the pandemic has made me do some interesting things yes. I would never do. I never did the sourdough because I'm not a conformist. You know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, everyone was on like, this. like everybody else. Yes! <laughs> Sourdough, I was like, I reject sourdough. <laughs> I feel like but, I can be like that too. It's like, I kind of want to do it, but I'm like, I'm not going to do it because everybody else is doing it. Exactly. That's so my personality. So I was like, I would never touch sourdough. Like, you want to give me a With starter a kit? No way. Yeah. <laughs> Love uh, that. Um, the last thing I would say is actually my journal. So the Choosing yes. Sacred Journal, I use it and it's just... So helpful because instead of just, you know, journaling my thoughts, which I've always journaled, but just journaling my thoughts, it gives prompts. So it reminds you to write about the themes, the historical context, all of the different things. So you're really studying in depth every time you study. So there's that as well. I have loved seeing you post about this journal. Like, Aww. I need to go buy me one today because oh, you're I so sweet, am, Laura. I never can keep up with journals because to me, like, some I, I'm very creative and I'm very, you know, type seven. So I like to have a blank page, but when it comes to something like studying the Bible or just daily journaling, it feels very like ugh to me. And just to have yeah. like a direction to go and like kind of formatting in that yeah. realm of my life feels so helpful just to direct my thoughts and not be like, let me write my grocery list down while I'm here and also doodle a cat. Yeah. <laughs> because that's me. That's so funny. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> so I highly recommend it to everyone listening. I think it is a fabulous idea because, man, it's hard oh, to like thanks, be focused when you're doing that. <laughs> 
Also, these bala bangles, I need to do, can you put them on your ankles too, or is it wrist only? Yeah, you can. Yep. Yeah. So they're awesome. You can do whatever. They're wonderful. And they resize. So you like push them so that they size on tier. So they're tight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll use, I always use them now. I never use weights anymore. I just feel like they're so much easier and I just love them. Mm. And you don't but. get, for me, I get like, I must be holding them too tightly, but when I use weights, I get like, you know, your fingers get all like cramped and stiff and then you're like, cause you're clenching so hard and then you let go and it hurts. <laughs> it's just not yeah, fun. The annoying thing with weights too is like when you're going to do a push up or something, you have to put the weights down and then you go do the push up. But like when you have the yeah. bala bangles on, you keep moving the whole time and then you just into the push up. you still have your things on that you're doing something else that you can That's do, nice. you know, like it's not just like clunk, bang, bang, bang. so well, and you can it. probably do more complex, like, movement without having to be balanced. Like, one of the things I hate is when they make you keep the weights while you're doing, like, a push-up so you can yes. reach up. And then it's, half the struggle is just, like, trying to balance on the weights. But yes. anyway, it's we so can get true, into that. That's so <laughs> we, true. We, so three things to look up. We will definitely link all of those things in the show notes. And I'm going to put all of the verses that you read, but I have been meaning to ask you, what translation are you using so I can link the right one? Oh, what did I use? I always switch. So let me just check. I think I did NIV. Uh, let's see. Yep. NIV. NIV. Okay. Mm-hmm. We will yes. link it. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Michaela, thanks so, so much for sharing your story and your wisdom with us today. I will never look at Psalm 91 the same again. I just loved what you had to say about that verse. I loved when Michaela talked about how change is inevitable and about how that translation is really talking about being uprooted and replanted by a stream. It's a beautiful message that shows that we can always flourish if we're rooted in Christ and in His love. I also loved when she talked about how transplanting is often challenging. It's not always going to be easy, and it's not always going to be quick, and that's okay. So much goodness just out of that one passage, and obviously you just listened to it, so you know there was so much more in there. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us, Michaela. For everyone listening, I can't wait to meet you back here next time. At Where Faith Grows, we are rooted in faith and flourishing in creativity. If you're a crafty mama like me, don't forget to check out my blog and social media pages where I'm always posting crafting inspiration, free SVG files, and loads of tutorials. And if you love this show, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Even better, if you really love Where Faith Grows, the absolute best thing you can do for us is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This will help other people who would also love the show find us easier and be inspired in their faith as well. Today's show music was created by Nick Petrov. Additional music and editing are by Aaron Trimble. And show notes are by yours truly. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for joining me, everyone. If you love Where Faith Grows, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and give it a thumbs up. I sure am glad to have you join me in this space where we can explore faith and all the places it grows together. Have a wonderful week, friends. I'll see you next time on Where Faith Grows.